What's up, fam? Thank you for tuning in. I am Complexity, and this is the Karma of It All podcast, an extension of Complex Intuition, where we give advice, support, and guidance in karmic, traumatic, and toxic relationship situations. Do you see what I see? It's June 2022. Men's taking over. It's Men's Health Awareness Month. And men are going to take over the podcast. Oh yes, they're going to give us their stories, their insights, their feelings, their hopes, their dreams to betterment. I can't wait. And I know you can't either. Make sure you tune in every week to deal with the Men's Takeover Month. Right here on the Karma of It All. Deuces. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in. This is the Karma of It All. An extension of Complex Intuition where we give advice, guidance, and support to those going through toxic, karmic, and traumatic situations. And today we've been talking about narcissistic mates. I know we all have been through narcissistic mates some part of our lives. But today we're going to be speaking with Liam Knighton. And he's going to help us understand his situation when it came to narcissistic mates. So, Liam... Can you tell us of a time that you felt you had to deal with the narcissistic mate? <clears throat> I was actually um, in a relationship with someone with a severe uh, narcissistic problem for five years. And um, mm. it really got to the point where it was impossible to continue the relationship. And um, the funny thing was, <clears throat> I think what happens with people... There's actually a, a cycle called narcissistic personality disorder. And it's something that psychotherapists and psychologists like to label people with who are not just narcissistic or who have narcissistic tendencies, but who, who have it to the extent in their personality that it really causes significant um, destruction and damage, not only to their relationship, but to all the other people that they're involved with. And pretty much I was in that situation, and I'd never heard of narcissism. I'd never heard of, certainly not narcissistic personality disorder either. But I think what tends to happen, <clears throat> because I work now as a relation, and, and really largely as a result of my experience, I work now as a relationship and marriage coach. And I do help a lot of people who their, their partner or their mate. And part of the problem is learning to recognize it. So when I met this person, I had no clue that there was, you know, I thought everybody was normal. I didn't, 
I didn't know that you could actually have a personality disorder or even personality um, tendencies that weren't, you know, normal. But what tends to happen, I think, um, and it was certainly in my case, is that generally people with narcissistic tendencies or narcissists, they tend to be attracted to and by people with quite low... I was recovering from a, um, a long marriage and I, I found myself in the situation because what narcissistic people tend to do is they're very good at making you, at, at really holding you on a string and keeping you in their control, if you like. And they do that through a, a series of emotions from, you know, next to the most awful person in the world. So mm -hmm. they keep you on this emotional roller coaster. And I, and I, I certainly was on this emotional roller coaster for five, five years. And like many of the people who are in that situation, I kept thinking, you know, I can fix this. We're, it's really good, a good relationship. But part of the time, it's really awful. But if I can just figure out what's going on to fix the awful part, then this person will be great all the time and will have a wonderful relationship all the time. <clears throat> but the problem with that and the problem when you're dealing with someone who, is, who has a narcissistic problem is that it's not like that. The pattern percent rate, 30% absolutely awful or, what, or whatever percentage it is. So for me, the percentage of absolutely awful got greater and greater. And... <clears throat> when it started to turn to physical violence, you know, I literally woke up one morning and was being attacked. And, um, you know, with being... Mm. I thought it was something not quite, quite right. Here. So I went to see a psychotherapist and I said, you know what, and I said the first thing that everybody in a narcissistic relationship or in a relationship with a narcissist says, the very first thing you say to someone else and to yourself is, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? Mm. Because the narcissist may... You are the... You are the problem. Mm. Can never acknowledge that they've never done anything wrong. And, yeah. In their eyes, they have never done anything wrong. And everything that is at fault of their life um, is caused by either you or other people that they know. So I went to the psychotherapist and said, what's wrong with me? What have I, you know, what am I doing wrong? Interesting. piece of paper and he said just read this Liam and it was a complete description of my partner and our relationship and I thought oh wow this is amazing and it, right at the top it said narcissistic personality disorder so I felt and they could be I'm dealing with and really <clears throat> I real what I did realize is I have really ha I really only have two options here now. And it, what I realize is when you're in a in a relationship with an extreme narcissist, you really have two options. They are either lose, either leave them, think, or stay with them and lose your soul. And I really remember mm. sitting down one day and saying to myself, you know, if you end this relationship, you are, you're going to lose everything. But if you don't end it, you're going to lose your soul. What's your choice? And I chose to 
in the relationship and I, and I did lose everything. I, I went nearly bankrupt in my mid-40s. Um, I became homeless, penniless, lost everything I had. Because one of the things that narcissistic people do is that if you just they might something to prove that they've never done anything wrong. And the way to do that is to make sure that you and the rest of the world know that you, that you are a terrible person. And so they become very um, full of revenge, if you like. And so that, that was my experience. But, you know, the great thing about it, and again, I, as I said, I work with a lot of people who, who have a partner like this, or to varying degrees, is there is light at the end of the tunnel. And if you... That despite your feet, um, you decide, are you going to lose, would you rather lose everything or lose your soul? Then you can have some, not only have some courage in the situation you're in, which is maybe to really is a hopeless situation, which it unfortunately very often is with a narcissist. But there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And it turned out for me to be one of the greatest experiences of my life because firstly, it, it got me to evaluate what personality disorders aren't. And that's how I really got into marriage and relationship coaching. And, um, mm -hmm. and so, so the point I'm making there is, you know, there's always every disastrous situation or something that... Thank you all for your donations. Anyone who has donated to my channel of more than $25 should have received my Each One Teach One donation tea. Anyone willing to donate to my channel can find the link on payhip.com backslash complex intuition. I truly appreciate you all for each donation has helped my podcast grow and be stronger i thank you so much for your support as always each one teach one remain true to you the breaking point you came across your breaking point right when did mm. you just say yeah. i'm done and how did your narcissist take you how did they, did they cling on? Did you have to have a struggle to leave them? Or, you know, when you finally reached your breaking point, what actually happened mm. with your narcissist? Okay. Yeah, when I reached my breaking point was, as I say, when it, it turned physical. And I was able to not as in a relationship with their true personality. And the, the, the fact of the matter that... We all need to accept when we're with someone who is a narcissist, particularly an extreme one, is they will never acknowledge that there's anything wrong with them. So it's the one uh, problem, if you like, that you might have in a relationship that you can never fix. Because for every other problem that you have, if someone is depressed or if they've got a, an alcohol, maybe an alcohol, but if they've got, you know, unkind or unhappy, whatever it is. People can usually acknowledge that and say, you know, I've got a problem here and I need to change. And in a relationship, they can say, um, I'm not doing it right. I need to do something different because my relationship is not going well and I need to do something different. But the problem with a narcissist is they can never see that they've done anything wrong. And if they can't see that they've done anything wrong, 
they don't see there's any need for them to do anything about it or to change. So that is makes it extremely. And you have to decide. That's what I when I when I realised this, I thought you know, it, it, I've just I've just got to end this. I, and I had this gut feeling, which was confirmed, that I would be chased mm. to the, ch literally chased to the end of the earth, to make sure that I you know was punished for my. Um, for daring to cross them. But what actually happened, and this might be useful for your listeners as well, is I, I spoke to another um, friend who was a lawyer, and I said, how am I going to tell this person relationship? Because that's one of the most important things you can do um, with a narcissist. They don't want to hear the end of a relationship. And, they, you know, and, and I thought World War III is going to erupt if I tell her. I just don't... He said to me, the best way to do it is do it somewhere safe. So don't just sit down with her and say you want to talk about it and you want to end the relationship. Um, go along and maybe go to a counsellor and, and tell her in front of the counsellor so that the situation can be managed. And I thought that was really good advice. What I realised later, of course, is there's no right way or wrong way to end a relationship with a narcissist because whatever way you do it, it's, you're going to be wrong. And there tell the world that you you were wrong that's what i did and and um yeah the the reaction was extreme um afterwards she mm. chased me down the street and 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 fell in tears wow the car stopped driving them down the road and said are you all right and she was literally uh and saying to me please don't do this and because the other thing about narcissists is they have an incredible um fear of abandonment you know, they really, they can't be, yeah, they have this whole inferiority complex, even though they come across usually as very charming people, which is how they lure in people with low self-esteem in the first place. They are incredibly sometimes confused because you think this person's amazing. Why are they suddenly turning into this strange, you know, it, it's illogical, their behavior. And then just when... Mm -hmm you're getting to the end of your rope about them treating you badly, then they change back to this charming person. So you're kept on this emotional roller coaster. But certainly when you understand their fear of abandonment, that is both control of the other person. So the person I was in this relationship with, she, she started off as I say, becoming a complete, um, you know, nervous wreck in the gutter, literally on the side of the road. And I had to call a friend to <clears throat> come and drive her home. She couldn't, she couldn't function. Mm. Um, and then from there, it turned into, you know, calculated, uh, how can I get back at Liam? <laughs> and, uh, you know, make sure that he, he is punished well and truly for daring to... And, uh, you know, so that's, that's, what happened. that's what happened. I feel that um, narcissists usually likes to pry or prey on empathetic souls. People who are more, you know, they're empathetic to emotions and feelings. And when they get you, they try to make you feel as if you're inadequate. You don't know what's going on. You know, they try to belittle you, all kinds of stuff. And you actually dealt 
for five years with someone like that. Um, that that can be very difficult to let go of, but you found the strength to actually get out of it. How are you feeling now? How do you feel now? You feel stronger, better? Yeah, well, this this was a while ago. This is um, more than a decade ago now. And I think the <clears throat> the thing to realize the effect of a the narcissist. I mean, depending on how long the relationship is, of course, and how, how severe they are. Okay, guys. So I've been sitting here scrolling and scrolling through the podcast feed, and I finally find me an episode that I think will be great. You know, let's get right to it. I have a couple of minutes. I want to waste a couple of time. But then I click on it and find out that it's like an hour and a half long. I do not have that much time, okay? A couple of minutes, okay? So if you're anything like me, I went on ahead and headed over to Jams. That's right, Jams. If you're interested in only like three to five minutes and straight to the point information, that is the place to be. Hit the Jam button below and connect. Join and follow me at the karma of it all. See you over there. Deuces. So I have no idea how to rebuild my life, but if I was to rebuild my life, what would I want it to look like? And mm -hmm. I, because I had nothing, I could put anything down on the piece. I had a blank sheet of paper, and I wrote down a description of the ideal partner I wanted to have, thinking, well, maybe that sort of person doesn't exist, you know. Um, but I think that's a, it's to think, well, what, what have I learned from this? And that's probably the most important thing you can say. What's been good about what, what I've learned from this? Because every experience in our life is a learning experience. You know, we don't make any mistakes or all a mistake is, is a learning experience. And you can either learn from it and, and benefit from it, or you can let it, um, you know, hold you back and hold you down. So it took me quite a while to get over the experience. And I mean, several years because often you're triggered. You know, they, they get, get to you in such a deeply emotional way that you can trigger emotions by, by certain situations that pull you back into that, that disempowered state. Um, but now, I mean, my life is completely transformed. And in large degree or in part because of that experience, because of that learning experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least you know now, the next time or whenever, you know, at least you know what to look for, you know, in terms of a new mate or even if yeah. you got a new mate, you know, at least you know now what you're not going to tolerate. So what is one Absolutely. tip that you would like to give our listeners going through a narcissistic situation as yourself? What tip can you give them? I think you really need to ask yourself, <clears throat> because it's, it can be quite difficult to identify one as being narcissistic disorder. In fact, <clears throat> excuse me, in my own podcast, I have an interview with with a psychotherapist, and he, he does make the point that if you want to put a label on somebody, you really need to get some, probably some better, you know, professional advice. But you don't need to put a label on someone. But what you do need to do if you're in a relationship with somebody is to ask yourself some fundamental questions. And a couple of them are, 
and this is what I share with my with people who who I help through this as well. But yourself is does this person ever that, take any responsibility for what goes on in their life, particularly things that go wrong? Do they take any responsibility, or do they always blame the sick? Have they truly apologised to you? Because the remarkable thing about a narcissist, when you often analyse them, they never once say they're sorry. Or if they do, it's in a very manipulative or superficial way, but they don't, gen they don't actually mean that they're apologetic and sorry. And I think if you can honestly say... And, and, and the other thing to ask yourself is, is this my ideal relationship? You know, I've actually written a book called Real Intimacy, the nine... One of the things, what I talk about in that book is all of the myths and false beliefs we have about relationships. And one of the most important beliefs that we have that's completely wrong is you can't have a perfect relationship. Because I've looked at couples who have great relationships, and they do have, and, and I have what I consider the perfect relationship. You know, it doesn't mean you don't have problems and disagreements, but on a fundamental level, you know that this is a relationship in which you can feel comfortable and say what and not not to harm the other person but you can be yourself you can be comfortable mm -hmm. and if you're in a relationship where you're not comfortable you need to say to and and you ask those other questions as well have, has this person ever apologized and have they ever taken responsibility and if you really really on you've got to be really honest with yourself and then the next question you've got to ask yourself is why am i here in this relationship if your answers to that question are based on your fear on fears which are things mm. like well i'll be a failure if i don't try hard enough or i i won't be loved again i won't find someone as good mm -hmm. i'll be alone and lonely or if i leave this person that'll be if we have children it'll be harmful to them all of those things if you have fears they are the wrong reasons to stay in a relationship and a lot of the coaching I do is to help people identify and overcome their fears so that when they realize they, they could find somebody better, they will be loved again. And it won't have too negative an effect on the children. When they realize mm -hmm. all those things, they can be empowered to say, do I really want to be here? Do I want to put up with this? Is this fixable? Is this worthy of me? And then you can make a decision about whether you stay or not and very often, you know, if you if you can't fix this, fix the relationship, and it's not an ideal relationship for you, and you knew there was a better one around the corner, and it was the that everyone, everyone would be better off if you were in a better relationship. Then why wouldn't you leave? You know, it sounds a bit harsh, but the most important thing that you can do, and if you have children as well as to show them, the most important thing you can do is be happy. That's what you're here for. That's what you want yeah. for the people that you love, and that's what they want for you. And if you're in a relationship that doesn't make you happy, then you really need to evaluate why you're there. Mm -hmm. and as I say, if it's, for, if it's only a fear-based reasons, then they're the wrong reasons to be. The wrong reasons to be there. Also, the, you should do a little bit of shadow work to evaluate yourself, because if you're thinking those thoughts... That says something about you, you know. It says something about you. If you feel that if you're not good enough, you know, you're not going to find anybody else, 
what does that say about you? You know, sounds yeah. like low self-esteem. Well, and well, I often say, you know, your relationship with your partner is is merely you have with yourself. And the most important relationship you actually have is the relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. How you see you, how you relate to you, you know, your beliefs yep. and, and, and what you see is important. And that's what you're going to project onto, an, onto another relationship. And in fact, your relationship with everybody you, you interact with. So it's super important. In fact, most of my coaching is around working on yourself, not on the relationship. If you want you need to fix first, yes. <laughs> you know, gotta heal yeah. first. You have not to the relationship heal first. that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, Liam, you are a director, a speaker, a teacher, a writer, and researcher. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, my website is simply my name, liamnaden.com. Um, and I which is relationships. It's called Growing in Love for Life. And there's more than 60 episodes now, and I cover all sorts of different things about how to improve communication, how to deal with a narcissistic partner, and um, how to, you know, all sorts of issues. So it's probably for your listeners going to be the most helpful thing. Um, and they can just find that on my website, liamnaden.com. Make sure you guys check out his website. Um, in the description below, I have it linked, so you can just press on the website, and it'll go directly to his um, website. That way, you can get every information that you want out of Liam. I appreciate it. Well, is there anything else you would like for us to know, Liam? Not really. I, I guess the the thing that drives you like that, huh? Great. Then I know you're gonna like our Patreon.com page. Be sure to join the membership at ten dollars and ten cent per month. We have unedited interviews lasting from forty to sixty to a half hour long. Guys, you're gonna love it. These are unedited and with mad bloopers. Yes, straight raw. That's how we give it. Q&A episodes, giveaways, private live talks, readings, one-on-ones, all kinds of stuff over on the Patreon.com page. Be sure to join the membership. And once you do, you'll have per access to my new Facebook group. We're all about connecting souls, spiritual healing, and loving one another as we get connected to life. You know how we do over here. Check out the Patreon page at patreon.com backslash complexity. That's patreon.com backslash K-A-R-M-P-L-E-X-I-T-Y. See you there. Deuces. So you are designed and you're supposed to have a great life. And if you're holding yourself back by putting up with a relationship that, that doesn't serve you, or anything that doesn't serve you, the reason you're doing that is because you have fear. So the only thing holding you back are your fears. So all you really need to do is find out what you're afraid of and stop being afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And you'll... It's what happened for me. You know, That's exactly my journey. Was the experience with the narcissist taught me 
showed me what my fears are. And I thought, I'm not going to be afraid of those things anymore. And when I stopped being afraid of them, my life went in a much better direction. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to get up out of that. I really am. Um, I have a, mm. I, I see that men have also, they go through the same things as women, but there's, they're more kept to themselves than women are. Women are like, you know, they talk a lot. Well, men usually bottle things up. And as you dealt with it for five years, you know, that, that's a lot. That's a lot of time that you wasted. Yeah. But also a lot of time that you gained knowledge of what not to do. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, yeah. Mm. I don't well, think any, there wasn't one moment of it that was wasted. It was all very valuable. Mm -hmm. Well, Liam, you anything being different. <laughs> but you did. And that, that's a good thing, you know? So yeah. um, I am glad that you decided to share your story with us. Uh, Liam, as I said before, your information will be in the link below. So they can click on it and go and check you out. Um, you guys heard it straight from his mouth. You know, that everything that you go through, okay, has to be reevaluated re through you. So with that being said, I thank you all for tuning in. This has been the karma of it all, where we give advice, guidance, and support to those going through toxic, karmic, and traumatic situations. As always, each one teach one, remain true to you. Deuces! Ship situation.